2: Welcome back to the New Books in Indian Religions podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Raj Balkaran, and today I have two very special guests uh, working on a very important project. I have with me uh, Dr. Peter Bishop, who's Professor of Sanskrit and Ancient Cultures of South Asia at Lion University, uh, and also uh, Dr. Yuko Yukochi, who's Professor of Sanskrit Literature at Kyoto University. Yes, by the power of the internet, on the same call, we have someone... Glyden Kyoto and myself in Toronto, and we will be speaking. about both of them, we will speaking. We will be speaking with both of them about uh, a very important project in the field, the Skanda Purana project. Um, um, before we dive into that, uh, uh, Peter and Yuko, welcome to the podcast. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Uh, it's my pleasure. So. Who wants to say a bit about the Skanda Purana project? What is what is the aim of the project? What is it you're endeavouring to, to to accomplish in the project?
0: Um, Peter, Could yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so the aim well, there are a number of aims, but the primary aim is to, uh, for the first time, uh, critically edit the uh, text of the uh, Skanda Purana. And then uh, right from the start, it's important to get a sense of what we mean by uh, the Skanda Purana because, uh, as you will know, the Skanda Purana is a very important uh, textual tradition uh, in India. But the text that we are concerned with is one that was for a long time unknown. Uh, It was uh, only known from... uh, Medieval sources mainly, uh, the so-called Dharma Nibandas, sources which collect and refer to individual Puranas. And there, when the text of the Skanda Purana was quoted, um, that text was not known from the published editions uh, that we were familiar with in the 20th century. So the Venkateshvara Press edition, which collected different Kandas, collected different Sanhitas, and published that under the name, general heading, Skanda Purana. So the text that we are concerned with is the text that was known in, uh, yeah, uh, according to our earliest uh, sources, earliest quotations, uh, and that has uh, survived uh, in very early Nepalese palm leaf manuscripts. And that makes it very important because that gives us suddenly uh, access to an early form uh, of the Purana much earlier than um, many of the other Puranas than we are familiar with. I think I'm right to say that uh, the uh, one of the manuscripts that we use, which is S1, uh, we call it S1, uh, dates to 810 of the common era, and that makes it the earliest dated Purana manuscript in existence. You know, Fascinating. O-Turana. So what we aim, uh, very briefly, is to critically edit the text uh, for the first time, and the uh, de- edit, but. It's not only an edition, it's also a full study uh, which accompanies it because uh, you cannot edit a text unless you also understand it, unless you understand where it comes from, what the office aspired to do. Um, and so, yeah, it comes with, a, with an extensive study, synopsis, um, accompanying studies. So um, uh,
2: very recently, just a month ago, in fact, um, there was published uh, the latest installment of this of this project, the fifth installment um, featuring certain adhyayas of the Skanda Purana, that uh, work has um, been made available open access. We will put it into, uh, we will put the link into the podcast notes, so anybody listening can actually take a look at that, and 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 and. and and um, read through the the detailed synopsis, and if you're a Sanskritist, uh, take a look at the 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 reconstituted text, the fabric of the Skanda Purana, uh, or at least those adhyayas thereof. Um, now, this is a term that's important to unpack. Uh, many scholars, uh, for example, my um, master's was in the Valmiki Ramayana, so of course, I instinctively turn to the critically edited text now fully published by uh, the the Goldman Translation Project, similarly with the Mahabharata. Yet, uh, to get to the critically edited text takes uh, a phenomenal amount of work. Could you explain to people, what is this creating a critical edition? What do you start with? What is that process like? I think you should start Uh,
0: with... uh, What do you mean for the process?
2: So, for those who don't understand what a critical edition is,
0: uh, um,
2: yeah. uh, uh, Yuko, you're so in it; you, you've internalized it as a way of life. But yeah. for those who 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 are like the Skanda Purana, uh, where yeah. is that text? Where can I find that text? And people may not understand. There really is no um, 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 go-to text. And yeah. so, what are you working with, and how are you yeah,
0: uh, working with it? Actually, for me too, the this text the Skandapurana is for me the first experience of editing the text so the in that way it's also very very important for me to personally and uh, so the first of course uh, we have the several manuscripts yeah collecting um, all the manuscripts yeah we we can't know it's all but uh, as much as possible and then the, we were Read uh, of course, read the manuscript and uh, correct it. And uh, the, what is important and also the very useful, I mean, the, for the editors in this in case of the Skanda the recension is very clearly uh, divided. I mean, the, uh, we call the Nepalese recension or S recension. Uh, consisting with, uh, uh, three old Nepalese manuscripts. They are very old, from 9th to 10th century. Uh, maybe one is 11, but, uh, yeah, around that. And then the other manuscript is very late. It's clearly very late. It's one is uh, dated at, uh, at the end of the 17th century, 18th century, I forgot, uh, Revakanda. Um, uh, 17th century. And the other, uh, the other recension we call the Ambika Kanda is uh, the seven manuscripts. And they are the 19th. So, as, yeah, maybe oldest is 18th century. And the the uh, new one is the 20th century. So, the, and these make uh, one group. So, the usually, um, for example, in the Mahabharata or Ramayana, so this uh, dividing the recension i mean the grouping the manuscript is sometimes very difficult because it uh, usually each manuscript has contaminated during the transmission so uh usually there are the uh, regional recensions we can say the south, uh, south Indian recension or the North Indian recension or east Indian recension and so on, but some manuscript uh, Contaminated to each other, and then it's very difficult to di- uh, to divide. But uh, in in case of the Skanda Purana, we can um, clearly divide the manuscript into these uh, um, basically three recensions, and so that means uh, we can what is, uh, we can trace the development of the text. I mean the transmission of the text how it is uh, the early, what is the early form, and then how it is uh, changed in the, in this case, uh, only we have a manuscript in the Eastern region, so around Bengal. And then in late medieval time, how it is changed, and what is new element is added. And then in the current form, what is, uh, yeah, what part is corrupt and what is a uh, new um, new additions and so on. So that is so, a good, yeah. So not only yeah. the, the we what is reconstruct the older form. That also the very important, but still the, and uh, in addition we can trace uh, how the Purana is uh, what is. Uh, revive or was revised and uh, added new materials and so on. So how it is changed, and how it is living in a way, yeah.
2: Yes, so so for those listening to, to, to just get a sense, um, these brave scholars start off with a number of manuscripts which they have to make sense of and they discern different recensions and so there's a process whereby they will reconstitute a critical edition which, if I'm understanding correctly, is considered to be uh, the 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 um, the most recent uh, ancestor of all of the extant manuscripts, um, but in addition to the critical edition, you're also mapping the ways in which the historical processes whereby the Purana has adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in the intervening centuries.
1: yeah. Um, I think, if, if I may follow up, I think uh, Yuko was making an important point there, which is important to stress because that is often forgotten. And certainly if you think about the, the, the parallels of the Mahabharata and the, uh, the, the Ramayana, where scholars have a tendency to accept the constituted text of the Mahabharata or the Ramayana by the critical edition as kind of the original or basic text, and we are trying to do something different because by uh, analyzing the different recensions, we try to really put into focus the changes of the text. Uh, the text is not a fixed phenomenon, the text is uh, in process. That is precisely what makes Puranas uh, fascinating because they are indeed, well, I call them uh, living texts. They are uh, in a constant uh, process, they are important for communities. And because we have these uh, groups of texts from different time periods, as you can make clear from the, the ninth century onwards, all the way up to the nineteenth century, so that's a thousand years, uh, and we also have it from different regions. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that allows us to uh, to get uh, get insight into these uh, these changes that the text is undergoing, and uh, the text is not just one text. Yeah, the, the text yeah. exists in all its various uh, manifestations, and we really want to make that uh, the goal of our critical edition, to make that yeah. emphatic. And maybe one last point about it is also if you look uh, at our, uh, our edition, the way it appears, you will also see that we try to uh, represent that because you have different layers in the apparatus which allow you to see the different uh, recension, so that if you are re- interested in a particular form of the text, you can actually find it in the apparatus.
2: I think that's a really important point um, uh, insofar as you take the effort and time to preserve the dynamism, uh, to preserve... The ways in which the, the you know, uh, the, the Purana may be... So for example, you may um, study in a traditional lineage. You have a teacher where you're learning a, a text on the tongue. Say, for example, many uh, current Purampuras will transmit, for example, um, the Guru Gita, right? And upon memorizing 100 to 200 verses, uh, the end of it is... Um, It is Skanda Purana, Uttarakanda. You know this is found in the Skanda Purana in the Uttarakanda. We don't know if it's there, but the the tradition preserves it as such, um, Mm -hmm. and and that's one way in which it lives. And what you're showing is the way in which it has lived traditionally, historically in these various in these various uh, manuscript uh, variations and recensions. You're preserving the dynamism of how the Purana has. Um, arrive to us in modern day.
1: Well, Would we're, that be we're fair? It and it, but of course, the ultimate goal is also to study it. Yeah, to, to try to account for account for the changes. Uh, it's uh, why did certain people, composers, transmitters, however you want to call uh, them, uh, feel the need to change it? Uh, uh, and it, it it shows that the Purana is not just uh, some relic from the past, but it, it has a real uh, important force in uh, yeah
2: in it's living it's yeah. living
0: in also the um in many other Puranas already the Hatra uh, the pointed out that is uh, the extant Purana is different from the, the same name Purana for example the quoted in the early darmani literature so but uh, because most of the Purana has only a new manuscript, new means, uh, for, for example, after 15th century. But uh, in our text, the, very fortunately, we have a very old manuscript and also the new manuscript. So the, we think uh, now the, um, this text was revised very largely uh, before the twelfth century, I mean uh, before Dharmanibanda uh, works quotes from that, so maybe around the tenth century. So that uh, usually is, uh, I think uh, it occurs in many Puranic texts, but uh, because we, we have only the manuscript after that, so we can't, we can't follow it. but uh, in this case for Tindja, we can trace it how it is changed.
2: So yeah. very, um...
0: and, uh, uh, one of the examples of the in the recent publication, this volume five, the last chapter, that is uh, largely uh, revised. In so the in the earlier Neparit recension, and the later uh, this we call Reva and uh, Ambika recensions, they have three uh, very different texts. Not very different. I mainly say uh, that it's what is uh, increased much, yeah.
2: So so there's a couple different directions. So how long have you been at this project? And how much of it would you say is completed? Just to give people a sense of the the labor involved (laughs) in this.
1: (laughs) For a start, we didn't start it. Yeah, so it was uh, conceived originally by a different group of editors, as you can see if you look at volume one. Volume one has as uh, names of editors Hans Bakker, Harunaga Isaacson, and Rob Adriansen. So they uh, they started it uh, at the University of Groningen at the time It was published in 1998. So uh, that's by now 23 years ago. Uh, yeah, I
0: joined it uh, just before that, 1996 or 97, 96 maybe, yeah, as yeah. a student,
1: yeah. Yeah, so, so Yuko's name is already there in the preface, uh, I, recall. <laughs> the preface. Uh, I, I was still a student uh, at the time, yeah, but uh, yeah, so as such, uh, it has gone through different, uh, yeah, different people have been involved, yeah. so now it's handed. It, it's in the hands of, uh, of Yuko and me uh, as main editors. Um, and yeah, it is. It is as such very much teamwork. It involves uh, coming together, uh, preparing different parts, reading them together, discussing them together. Not only uh, between Yuko and me, but also uh, affiliated uh, scholars who have an interest in it. Um, and where we are, uh, I think with volume four, uh, we were we we reached the middle, more or less the middle of the text. Volume five takes us across the middle, so we are now. Um, yeah, more than halfway, uh, mm-hmm. and we've made a rough plan on the future volumes, what they will uh, contain, and we expect, you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, four more volumes to come.
0: Yes, yeah. But, of course, so- uh, yeah, if we want to increase the volume number, we can do, because uh, um, after this, uh, not after this, but uh, the volume now we are working on volume six um in the last part it's the so the uh, two recent no two or the later recensions uh text takes very much so it increase yeah about uh, three times or four times or sometimes five times so the, that part is very difficult for us mm-hmm. to edit Yes, deep deep deep
1: deep. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. it yeah, depends so the stage. Yeah. 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 But overall if, if our, our minimum the, the minimum number of volumes would be four more four. to go. By. Yeah. Four more.
2: Volumes. So certainly not for the instant gratification crowd, this work this work. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a patient and perseverant work indeed. Um, yeah, but it's what, also
1: I think uh, it's it's very satisfying because if you look at each individual volume, you will see, and we've also tried to do that in in producing individual volumes. They have a certain um, coherence. Yeah, there are certain uh, aspects that are treated in the text, so it basically gets you through. Yeah, Hindu philology, Hindu Hindu mythology uh, at large, uh, and. Uh, yeah, each volume also brings with it its own questions and uh, yeah, ideas. So we try to also explore that uh, aside from simply uh, editing the text.
2: So then, with respect to this 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 recent fifth volume, say a bit about um, uh, your your findings or the ideas or, or what you're, you know what you're, what you're advancing in that volume in terms of study.
1: Well, the the first thing, if you just look at it, uh, at the basics of volumes four and five, I would put together, uh, that takes us into um, incorporation of Vishnu's mythology. Uh, that is a kind of uh, underlying subject in this part of the text. And it's very fascinating because as such, it's yeah one thing that we should have said from the start uh, about the Skanda Purana. Uh, the Skanda Purana is a text uh, that is heavily Shaiva. So that means its ideology, uh, its theology uh, relates around the figure of Shiva. Shiva is the Ishvara, the lord of the universe, wedded to his wife Parvati. Uh, they are the divine couple. Uh, so it's a Shaiva text uh, in that sense. Um, but uh, the Purana covers much more. And so the part that we are uh, working on at the moment and in the previous volumes is yeah, roughly about the incorporation of Vishnu's mythology. So uh, volume four told the myth cycle of Narasimha. Uh, volume five is the most recent one. Uh, that of Varaha, who is interestingly called Naravaraha. So that's also yeah an attempt to... Um, Connect uh, the different uh, manifestations uh, of uh, Vishnu, and the next volume will uh, will also yeah. deal with Vamana.
0: Vamana, yeah.
2: It's a very um, it's a very important uh, cultural, sociocultural, historical process that you're being given access to uh, through these manuscripts of, of the Skanda Purana. So uh, there should be. Uh, there's a lot of fascinating material there and there's no doubt it'll be the basis of some very, um, important scholarship. Um, just, I, I, I can't help myself because, uh, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. I, I, I want to note that, um, Dr. Yokochi has actually looked at the, 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 has used the Skandapurana project findings for research into the Devi Mahatmya. And she has a couple important studies on the Devi Mahatmya. I'm currently preparing a, um, and um, uh, 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 Oxford Bibliographies, Hinduism Entry and the Devi Mahatmya. And there's some seminal studies. Do you want to say just a, a quick word about um, how you use this project to understand the Devi Mahatmya?
0: Yes. Uh, the, that is, uh, in a way, the, my beginning for working on the Skanda of Purana. And uh, um, yeah, before working on this, before the starting working on the Skandapurana, I studied the uh, Devi Mahatma for my M.A., yeah, master, master thesis. And then the, I wanted to study the history, uh, uh, leading to the uh, composition of the Devi Mahatma, so the prehistory of the Devi Mahatma. But uh, actually there is uh, not much uh, material, just a few uh, few verses in the Haribansha, and also, there are a lot of these uh, uh, images of the sister Maladini, of course. But the Sanskrit text is really very scanty. And then I come to Groningen and, uh, Hans, Hans Becker told me, okay, yeah, you should, you should read it. And then I read it. Oh, uh, this is the uh, material I wanted. Because it is clearly the earlier than the Devi Mahatma. So now, I think, uh, the, yeah, for that, the, I think the Devi Mahatma is one of the main source, uh, no, no, the Skandapurana. Purana was the, one of the main source of the Devi Mahatma. Yeah. For that, the, once I taught in one of the World Sanskrit conference, but, uh, as as user I have not it made, uh, paper
2: <laughs> it's it's fascinating fascinating work um it's it the world behind the text uh, that's very important um peter why don't you tell us a little bit about you know whatever you like to share about um your own research in general or, or your backstory you know put on about a so tell us a bit about your entry into this world if you will
1: yeah well my uh my research from the start uh, has 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 been on the Skanda Purana because uh, that's basically where I was taught, and it was the project which was happening at the time. So my initial work, uh, my PhD, was on uh, uh, the list of sacred places that uh, is found in one of the chapters, chapter one hundred sixty-seven, which is a very important uh, uh, chapter that gives us a lot of detailed insight into Shiva topography. Yeah, so. It's more or less, uh, yeah, a description of the Indian subcontinent uh, in relation to uh, places uh, sacred uh, to Shiva. Uh, so that was my starting point. But at the same time, I've also always had an interest in the Uh The Pashapata tradition uh, is clearly uh, um, very much present in the in the Skanda Purana. So I also have a. Yeah, I've been working quite a bit on the, uh, the Pashapata Sutra and the Pancharta Bhasha, the commentary by Kandinya on that, uh, which is as such much more about uh, ascetic uh, traditions, ascetic worship uh, of Shiva. And then, um, most recently or in recent years, I've also started working on another text that. Uh, for long uh, was forgotten and has been very important in in medieval India, the Shiva Dharma, the Shiva Dharma Shastra in particular. So that is a a, a manual of uh, Shiva worship. Uh, It's effectively uh, a manual about Linga worship. Most of it is about uh, the worship of Linga. Um, But it is a text that is uh, slightly difficult to kind of... um, down. It's not a Purana, it's not a, um, a Kavya, it is a manual of, uh, of, of, of Shiva worship. Uh, it's not a Tantra either, uh, but a very influential text. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at the number of manuscripts also surviving, it's, it's very impressive. Uh, so I started working on that and for that I published, uh, I don't know, two three years ago, a book called Universal Shaivism. Uh, which includes, a uh, again, an edition and a translation and study of one chapter, which is a invocation of um, all the gods um, for shanti, uh, for peace, for pacification uh, of the kingdom. Um, and uh, all these gods uh, are devoted to Shiva. That's also why I refer to it as universal Shaivism, because... Not only we human beings are supposed to be devoted to Shiva, but the same applies to the gods as well, and the sages, of course, and the rivers that's and mountains.
2: Om Namah Shiva. That's really good for for um, how to say for existing or prospective uh, um, grad students out there. How might one get into this work of, of dealing with critical editions? What what might you recommend to them?
1: For graduate students. Well, we uh, one thing that is, uh, has been attractive, I think, about the Skanda Purana project is that, in fact, uh, several graduate students have been involved. Uh, so also different dissertations have been produced in the process. Mine, of course, was a part of it as well. But... Uh, uh, this year uh, we had a defense here in Leiden uh, of uh, my former student uh, Sanna Dr. Mers uh, precisely about this incorporation of business mythology uh, into uh, uh, the text um, yeah, and then we also um, yeah our seminars uh, typically are open, so we 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 get requests from, uh, from doctoral students to uh, to attend and we uh, we welcome them and we uh, yeah we we have our workshops. you uh, and I have our meetings, uh, ideally two twice a year, uh, and then we meet uh, for like yeah one or two weeks uh, uh, on a daily basis, reading a text, going through it first by first, and uh, attending that. Uh, yeah, that is, I think, the best uh, training ground. Um, I think, in general, uh, really what what also makes this project very uh, alive and uh, um, kind of uh, inspiring is uh, reading together. Yeah, you cannot do this kind of thing on your own. That is maybe my advice. Don't read these things on your own. Go and talk with people. Read text together. Try to figure it out together.
0: Yeah, I learn uh,
1: every day from from reading, uh, reading it and discussing it with others.
2: I'll have to I'll have to take you up on that, Peter, and and you can help me read through some of these texts at some point. <laughs> That's great. Okay. That's great. Um, What uh, I guess, as as difficult as it is to date these texts, few would be better poised than you to do so. How would you, uh, according to our current knowledge, date the Skanda Purana? You
1: of course the authority
2: on that.
0: Oh, sorry. Would you repeat it?
2: I realize that it's. uh, uh, I realize that it might be ambiguous, but you would know best. Uh, how would we date this kind of now
0: currently? Yeah, that, uh, for that, uh, I have argued much about the introduction to volume three. And uh, yeah, now I think uh, between 550 to 650.
1: So yeah, but the important thing. there already is. Of course, we started uh, by saying uh, that there are different forms. The text has uh, gone through different. Ah, yes, so, yes. what is your question about? That would be the first thing to ask. Yeah, are you interested in the very first uh, uh, form of the text? Because in fact, uh, yeah, the the argument is that it continues uh, over time. Yeah. So, so it starts so, uh, more than uh, the
0: the First form, I mean the first reduction, probably. Uh, in sixth to seventh century. maybe from the middle of sixth century to the middle of the seventh century. And then the the, the major revision, or rather the much revision, is made around, the, that's not so clear, but the, maybe ninth to 10th century, because uh, before the Dharmanivada was like a Lakshmi that quote from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they quoted from the revised text. So at that time, the many, many uh, parts uh, the increased, actually, yeah. Yes. And yeah, there after mean, that yeah. also that's, right, the diff, mm, some additions and so on, it's
1: added, yeah. Yeah, so maybe important to mention also is that uh, the main text so that you find on the printed page uh, and our main focus, because we have to have a focus on what we are editing, uh, that is the what we think is the more or less earliest form of the text Yeah, so the text is yes. printed yeah. that's roughly six seven centuries our assumption yeah.
0: hmm. uh, what i want to uh in general for the constituted text of the edition for in yeah you know Skandapurana also the, in the mahabarata ramayana i want to say that this constituted text is just a hypothesis of the editors but uh Yeah, often the readers uh, who are not so uh, accustomed to editing the text uh, think this is what is a fixed text. Yeah, but uh, it's not. It's just uh, a hypothesis of the editors. So the each reader can can try to uh, constitute it by themselves using these uh, apparatus, critical apparatus, variant readings and so on.
2: That's a really important point. No. Uh, uh, um, uh, Peter uh, wonderfully problematized the question of what is the date of the Skanda Purana by which Skanda Purana? <laughs> what do you mean by Skanda Purana? What are you talking about? It's a process, um, <laughs> but um, this this is an important point that the the, the critical edition is no doubt um, an important tool. One arrived at at a great deal of labor and patience and training. Uh, nevertheless. It's a hypothesis, not a conclusion.
0: Yeah,
2: and, and
0: can, we can get uh, one new manuscript, maybe very old, tenth century manuscript from Kashmir. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> everything <laughs> is, yes. Yeah, or yeah.
2: or a time machine? Yeah, um, <laughs> but then you'd reshuffle the deck uh, based on that manuscript. Fantastic. Um, was there anything else about? The Skanda Purana project or critical editions that you wanted to share before we close for today?
0: Uh, yeah, one small point. But, uh, as Peter said, uh, this has very old manuscript, 9th, 10th century manuscript, and uh, it is the oldest manuscript of the Purana, but also the the epics for Mahabharata and Ramayana, I think uh, the oldest is around the 11th or 12th century. So in that way, the, in the grammatical things, for the so-called epic Sanskrit or vernacular Sanskrit, yeah, we have uh, good evidence yeah, for that, because we have old manuscript. And clearly in the later manuscript, it is more what is uh, uh, usually it is changed to conform to the Pāṇini grammar, so the that is um, the point. That we have uh, all manuscript is not only for the uh, this Skanda Purana itself, but also the for the all the epic and the Puranic studies. Some contributions. Yeah,
1: yeah so it's a, a, about the, the yeah the, the the Sanskrit, and I think in that respect also. Uh, I mean, our work is also in line with some other. Uh, work that is happening, for example, in in relation to Shaiva Tantras, uh, you can see the same phenomenon. uh, Based on earlier manuscripts, it turns out that many texts in an earlier form had less Paninian correct uh, Sanskrit. And what you see that over time is that these these texts tend to be corrected and to be normalized, uh, you could say. And so we are... uh, Because of the, let's say, 20th century uh, uh, or 19th century editions, we're accustomed to these normalized uh, forms of the text that are, as Yuko says, very often based on rather late manuscript traditions. And now that we have access to these earlier manuscripts, we can, uh, yeah, we can uh, get in that respect also closer to, uh, Lift Sanskrit again. Getting back to lift traditions to That Sanskrit is not just a fossilized uh, Paninian uh, type of uh, tradition, but that there are varieties of Sanskrit. Uh, and um, yeah, in that respect, it also yeah a lot of the uh, our work also relates to uh, to studying the type of Sanskrit in which the authors uh, composed the text. Your uh,
2: your your work um. Your work, in many ways, serves um, as an important peephole into ancient India, and there's relatively few <laughs> clear, clear. Um, uh, it, it's 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 murky, right? So to find an old manuscript that evidences style, that evidences content, I mean, that's you know, that's pretty much a, a, a you win the lottery when you're studying ancient India to find some. Some material culture so pristine.
1: Yeah, especially in the case of Puranas, because yeah, Puranas are so—I uh, mean, by definition—and also as, as works, they try to hide their historicity. Yeah, it's all attributed to Vyasa. There's no kind of clear uh, basis. So the moment that you have, uh, as we have, a more kind of—at least we have a fixed point with this one manuscript, with these early manuscripts. You can at least be sure that by that time, this was the form that the text had. But yeah, um, uh, in relation to that, um, so what we've also been trying to do uh, um, and Yuko also alluded to that in terms of dating, is to connect the text to material culture. Uh, to, um, uh, For example, uh, well, also our latest volume, in fact, we get also into the iconography of Raha. Uh, and, uh, uh, and Yuko has done the same about Devi, uh, the, the form of Mahishasura Mardini. Uh, in the text, and how that relates to uh, uh, the, the telling of the, the narrative. Um, yeah, and from my side, of course, uh, I already started uh, right from the beginning with this uh, topography, yeah? so uh, the, the, the places mentioned, and then from there also it becomes a stepping point uh, to other uh, studies, yeah? so to individual places and to the different uh, religious communities that were uh, there. So. The 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 more you do this, you come to realize that the constitution of a text that we do is all dependent on all those aspects. Yeah, you cannot just do a, a, a study of a text like this in isolation. Just deal with the manuscripts. That's not possible. It, it, it involves, uh, yeah, uh, all these uh, these perspectives.
2: That's an important point um, and fascinating indeed to to think about the the web of subfields. Um,
0: Implicated. Yeah, May I add one? Of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. The, yeah. One of the important points is that uh, this uh, text, this Kanda of Purana, includes a lot of uh, Mahatmya type text. It's not an uh, independent Mahatmya, but a small Mahatmya, but uh, there are many. And uh, I think uh, this is the earliest text that includes earliest Purana that includes. Uh, many Mahatma type texts inside. Yeah, of course, the uh, Mahabharata has uh, many, several tear uh, Teatral sections, but uh, it is a pilgrimage, and uh, it's not the uh, Mahatma of the fix of a certain place. So in that way, it is uh, this Purana is, uh, in a way, the precursor of the later development of the Mahatma. Yeah, in the Puranic Jang. Yeah, that's so super the, fascinating. The Puranic study become very important.
2: It's super fascinating, as you as you both well know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a the Devi Mahatmya in the Markandeya and there is a, a Surya glorification that parallels it, the Surya Mahatmya, for lack of a better term. Um, and it is fascinating because it it seems to me that um the Uh, maybe the ancient Sauda redactors or composers, they took their lead from the Devi Mahatmya to rework some of those narratives of the sun. So it might be interesting to see um, if there are aspects of the Mahatmyas of the Skanda Purana that we see in these Mahatmyas. That might be a fascinating line of questioning.
1: Yeah, I think it's, Hugo's point was mainly about uh, the, the geographical types no, of yeah. <laughs> you know, so Mahatmya's, about particular places and the rather uh, uh, yeah detailed information that at times we get about uh, these places, so uh, rivers, uh, mountains, um, linga, names of lingas, uh, potential temples, and then to also, indeed, what we try to do is to yeah, uh, connected to epigraphy, uh, see if there are inscriptional references uh, to it. So, although, yeah, Puranas are typically identified as somehow kind of mythological works in some uh, time zone out there, uh, it's actually possible, uh, this kind of Puranas really makes it possible to connect it to to particular places, Uh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 you see indeed this development of uh, yeah uh, pilgrimage and um, um, narratives of sacred sites uh, etc. Yeah. And there are a lot of um, very fascinating narratives. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing, uh, of course, is it's a wonderful text. It's really well, at least. Of course, we're biased, uh, but it is a, it is written in a very lively manner uh, with. Uh, intricate dialogues and kind of battles and uh, conversations between sages and uh, in a very lively uh, style I would say uh, it's also just yes that, reading.
2: that that probably is a, a good point that the, the Puranas is great storytelling <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed uh, fascinating um All right, so um, we've taken enough of your time for today. I imagine you're both quite busy. So I want to thank you both for appearing on the podcast today. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much for your invitation.
2: You're most welcome uh for those of you listening once again we've been speaking with dr uh, peter bishop of Leiden university and dr yuko yokochi of kyoto university on their joint uh monumental project the skanda purana project you will have a link in the podcast notes to the project uh, to their most recent open access publication pertaining to the project um, until next time stay safe stay sane uh keep listening keep reading and keep contemplating the dynamism of Purana. Take care.